Welcome to the Conscious Relationships on Coupling and Parenting Summit. It's me, Lucia Gabriela, and your host and producer. And today we have an amazing couple. We have in Richard and Namaste, known as the Infinite Couple. They are the founders of the School of Alchemy and the School of Feminine Transformation. They are life and relationship alchemists who facilitate the transformation of the mundane into the precious, utilizing the wisdom of the ages. They are teachers, public speakers, a spiritual conduit, and transmitters. They work together, mm, they're fun too, bringing <laughs> insight uh, using tools and techniques based on the multiple healing modalities. Over 50 years combined as spiritual leaders and a deep insight into the need of both the masculine and the feminine. They are parents of eight. That's why they're here today. Mostly adult children, lovers of the fine wine, good food, and adventures, and can be found broadcasting live multiple times a week. You can find them at richardandthemaster.com. So welcome, Richard and the Master, to our summit today. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for having us. Yes, we are so honored to be here. <laughs> I am very, very excited. From the moment of our conversation um, to co-create these together, it was so uh, juicy and delicious. <laughs> 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 so today, we're going to be talking about how to get to happily ever after without losing yourself in the process. Mm -hmm. which is a very important topic for all of us, um, especially who are in a relationship and want to build conscious relationships in the life. Mm -hmm. So we are going to start your presentation uh, in a few minutes. Uh, before that, we would like to learn from you guys, how do you start on this journey of conscious relating? Um, so we've been together for about 15 years. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. for nearly 15 years. And in the course of our relationship, even before we, we came together as a couple, we both had a high emphasis in our lives on uh relationships, mm -hmm. on spirituality. On spiritual, yeah. Um, and we also noticed that you know, many people in their relationships they just couldn't wasn't sustainable so even if they stayed together they didn't like each other <laughs> after a few years um but more often than not most relationships were ending between two to four years and we both knew um independently that that's not what we wanted for ourselves we both had been married for a long term um i had i my previous marriage was for 10 years and richard's previous marriage was for 19. for 19 yeah. years so we both had the experience of having long-lasting relationships that we felt like we were fairly uh, conscious in, but when those relationships ended, it caused us to really reflect and say, okay, how can we do this better? You know, how can we going into the next relationship, um, which we consider to be our forever relationship, we are twin flames, and, um, but how do, we, how do we not only begin well, but create opportunities for us to continually grow together, because I really think that is what is missing and why relationships fall apart is because they don't people don't know how to grow together, you mm -hmm. know. And so we really approached it from that perspective and looking at you know what's really necessary to make it work and uh and you know not wanting to have to start all over again and knowing that you know I love this man, I love this man with everything I am, 
I not only love him though, I like him and I respect him. And so that makes me want to constantly look at myself and say, you know, where can I uh, be better, so to speak? Where can I be more effective, more beneficial in my communication, in, in my connection, um, and my expressing of love in a way that, that makes me happy, like you know? And for my part, I love, I love her, everything that I am. And, you know, our lives, we consider this is, this is a great adventure. Mm -hmm. And we are on this journey together and recognize that, you know, we have to do it all. We have to make it work. And we are totally responsible, you know, 100% for our half of the relationship and manifesting that love um, every day in every way possible. So we have our saying, which is love over everything. Love over everything. So that's, that's what we do. That's how we live. And that's how we go through our lives. Yummy. Oh, I can, I just can tell the love and uh, the respect and the honor that you both have for each other. So that's what, uh, when I resonated with you, inviting you to the summit, you know, I, you know, the feeling of, of congruency and integrity of the work in the talk. So I'm so excited for why you guys are going to be presenting uh, to our audience today. So uh, let's dive into the how to get to happily ever after without losing yourself in the process. So and we come back with question and answer after that. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, as she said, we are the infinite couple. We're going to talk about how to get to happily ever after from horror story to fairy tale. Yes. How to do it without <laughs> losing yourself in the process, right, which right. is, you know, something that a lot of people are very concerned about is, mm -hmm. you know, I want to, I want my happily ever after. I want a relationship that lasts, but at the same time, I do not uh, want to lose myself. I don't want to feel like I have to worry about protecting myself and, and, uh, and, from the person I'm with, you right. know? Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. So here we go. Mm -hmm. So um, if you have failed at relationships, and many people have, you know, they, you thought they were going to last, but they didn't. Um, it's not your fault. Yes, yes. Or you've been concerned that maybe you can't succeed in life partnership. If that's been a concern that you've had, then you can put those fears to rest. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, many people, we call them gruel sellers, which are, right. which are those who teach that, you know, if just having a relationship that's, that's going to be happy is you just need to learn how to compromise. You just need to have mm -hmm. gender neutrality and everybody just needs to do 50, 50%. We say yuck to that because right. it's, it's a really good recipe for lending, for ending up in meh, yeah. you know, yeah. where it's just like, ugh, you know, so, um, so oftentimes that leads you to believing that you can't create a sustainable, deeply fulfilling life partnership, or eliminate the negative effects of misunderstanding, mistrust, lack of appreciation and respect and those kind of things. And that's not true either. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so if you ever thought that there seemed to be a conspiracy in place to keep your relationship from succeeding and to keep relationships failing, um, you actually 
Right. No, no, we're just kidding. There is not <laughs> we're just kidding. We like to have a lot of fun. And um, so that's why we put that one in there. No, there isn't a conspiracy to keep your relationship failing. Um, actually, we're here to show you how to have a fulfilling life partnership without losing yourself in the process during this little webinar. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got goals. We've got goals today, and we're going to share a lot of our goals um, with you in terms of, of what we're talking about. It's about how to create a sustainable deeply fulfilling life partnership and eliminate those negative aspects. Right. So the only way for you to create a deeply fulfilling life partnership and eliminate those negative aspects um, that arise when you don't have polarity in relationship is through really focusing on that positional awareness based upon masculine and right. feminine right. polarity. Yeah. So it's story time. Story time. You guys should know that Richard... <laughs> Uh, has been a professional storyteller yeah. throughout his life, and he he's just amazing at it. So we thought we'd give you guys a little story. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a cautionary tale. <laughs> 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 but a long time ago, I, I believed in marriage. I got married, right? And um, things proceeded in my relationship, and eventually um, the woman I was married to and I decided that we no longer wanted to travel this road together and we ended up getting a divorce. And one of the, the byproducts of doing that is that I felt like a failure in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but the good part about it, I mean, even though I received a lot of well-meaning relationship advice, you know, about people and how they are and how you have to protect yourself. Um, one of the things that really helped me was that I doubled down on love. And I said that just because that relationship did not work doesn't mean that I'm ineligible for being happy and things are always going to be that way in my life. So in the process of discovering and doing research and really digging deep and trying to figure out what, what I did wrong in the relationship and, and why it ended up that way, um, I discovered a huge secret. I learned some things that we're going to share with you that actually work mm -hmm. to keep your relationship going and sustainable. And um, then we met and it's, and we started sharing our secrets of relationship sustainability mm -hmm. with other people. And we've been doing that now for, for probably a while. About, yeah, yeah. Probably for about 13 years. Yeah. Um, and, and interestingly enough, the reason why I, I love it when you tell your story, because his story is also my story. <laughs> we have the same story. It's one of the things that that make us uh, fit each other so well is that mm -hmm. I also was married, was deeply mm -hmm. in love with the person I was with, um, really wanted to make it work. And after getting a divorce, wondering what happened, how did I end up, <laughs> how did I end up here? Right. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and felt really bad about it. And, you know, um, a lot of the relationship advice that I received during the marriage, as well as afterwards, mm -hmm. was just uh, non-sustainable. It right. just wasn't it designed it just to put work. you back in that same position. Exactly. That, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, same story, a uh, different person. So, mm -hmm. and that's how we ended up here. So you might be wondering, all right, that's, that's interesting for you guys. Um, but what does that have to do with me? And, uh, and so, you know, you may not be divorced, um, on the verge of divorce or even in a relationship right now, but this, the, the things that we're going to talk about apply to everyone. Yeah. yeah. Um, because a lot of people have a lot of trepidation um, and they are sort of like to use a sports metaphor, playing not to lose instead of playing to win. You're right. afraid that one day um, your marriage will end in failure. Um, and even if you have, and I think the reason why we share our story is even if you had 
um, less than desirable outcomes the first time around, mm -hmm. you know, that doesn't mean that you're ineligible from being happy, you know, finding the love of a lifetime and being happy. Well, I love that you said less than desirable outcomes, because that's one of the things that we often bring up is, well, it's a less than desirable outcome. It's not a failure. Right. You yeah. know, and that yeah. in and of itself can shift everything within you if you understand that even if you've had relationships that did not last, mm -hmm. um, or even if you've done, if you're in a relationship and you've done some things that you wish you had not, that's not a failure. It's a less than desirable outcome. It's a growth opportunity mm -hmm. or an evolutionary uh, potentiality. Right. Um, so you may have read all the books on love languages and emotional intelligence right. and you learned how to talk nonviolently <laughs> and listen actively. These are all wonderful things, by the way. Yeah, yeah taking classes on Tantra and you know have a bunch of crystals and yoni eggs and things like that. <laughs> Jade eggs, you got at least yeah. a dozen, right? right. <laughs> These are all fabulous things, but they don't work without the correct foundation. And too often when it comes to relationships, what happens is um, people start trying to just kind of, it's almost like trying to add a bunch of decorations to mm -hmm. a house with mm -hmm. the, where the foundation is severely lacking. It's the foundation right. is on, yeah. you know, quicksand, yeah. but the house is gorgeously decorated. Right. You know, it's well appointed. <laughs> um, and, and, and it just doesn't work. It doesn't work in a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, but positional awareness has been a technique and a tool that makes relationships sustainable. And that's what we're really about is conscious relationships that are sustainable. Right. You know, yeah. it, there's nothing that says those two ideas are mutually exclusive. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so there we go. So we're going to talk to you and we're going to give you three things that are going to help you in your either pursuit of having a conscious relationship or if you um if you want if you're already in a relationship to make it deeper more profound even more juicy for you yeah and finding out these you know sharing these secret potions which ones to share and everything mm -hmm. was really challenging for us because you know we teach retreats you know mm -hmm. we teach for 17 hours straight and and even during that we don't cover nearly as much as we want to be able to offer right, so yeah. trying to find three things that we can give you guys in you know a very short period of time was a little challenge but we were up for the task yes. <laughs> <laughs> so secret one how to return relationship gruel into creme brulee mm. um, number two is how to discover hidden jewels in the former and current relationship pain. And number three, how to know that this person is in fact the one for you. Yes, that's a big one. How do I know that they're my one? Okay, <laughs> number one, how to turn relationship gruel into creme brulee. Why <laughs> creme brulee, you may ask? Because Namaste loves creme brulee. <laughs> so, Much and, tastier than gruel. And no one loves gruel. Although if you enjoy gruel, I, hey, I respect, we, we respect, I respect your, your choices. choices. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take creme brulee any day. Um, so you may be thinking. Right. I don't understand how positional awareness based on masculine and feminine polarity is going to work for me. So um, we have uh, a, a quick story. I'll go a little bit more in depth um, in terms of, of what happened in my life, right? <laughs> the horror. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Well, you know, I spent a lot of my career when I was in corporate in, in being an activist of one sort or another. I did a lot of work in diversity. Um, and what I what I didn't realize is that that activist kind of worldview, mm -hmm. you know, had also crept into um, my, my outlook or my looking back on the pain 
that I had had in, in my relationship. And mm -hmm. I actually had a love affair with past pain. I had erected this shrine, if you, if you wanna call it that, to past pain. And I felt that everybody did stuff fueled by hurt, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We had a lot of conversations about that. You know, I believed in my heart that relationship pain was somehow connected to a larger conspiracy in society <laughs> to subjugate and emasculate men. And I would spend a lot of time ranting and raving about that. You know, it's like, it was, it was very weird. <laughs> you know? So, and I, and I bring that up because I, I want you to understand that many times it's an evolution it is. to consciousness. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you've got to get rid of all of that gruel. Right? right before before you get to the creme brulee right, um right. i believe that relationships were a form of indentured servitude especially right. on behalf of men and um but you know what there was a transformation that happened because of my relationship with the all that is with the divine eventually i had to re realize that holding on to that was hurting me a lot more than it was helping me and in order for me to grow and develop and actually get to the good part of my life, I had to, uh, I realized there was something missing. And that's when I found the truth of positional awareness, um, not just as, you know, something to staple on and say, okay, yes, I'm conscious, mm -hmm. you know, and I know, know what's happening, but um, that it was a foundation right. for, for our relationship. Right. And, and that positional awareness is, is based on a fundamental idea which is that uh, we as humans, science has supported this as well as every spiritual practice and psychology has supported this, that mm -hmm. we desire more than anything, uh, a life of meaning that's built into our humanity. Mm -hmm. And one of the foundational elements of having a life of meaning is a sense of place, yes. knowing our place. What is my place? Right. Where, do I, where do I go? Where do I, what do I do? What is my, the place that I occupy? Mm -hmm. But in, and in most, uh, societies, there is an identified sense of or ready-made sense of place for mm -hmm. each individual in the relationship. Absolutely. Even yeah. in societies where, you know, where there's a huge degree of polyamory, um, mm -hmm. even in societies where there are, you know, beyond the gender binary into mm -hmm. three and four, there's still a, and this is the place that you occupy. Right. However, in Western society, we don't have that. Mm -hmm. And so that tends well, we to- we have the idea that everybody's place is everywhere. everywhere. And, yeah. and it, it's based on, and, and while it sounds great, it's not how we work as people. Mm -hmm. And so positional awareness is all about creating a sense of place in your relationship where you understand what, where, what your place is, where you occupy. Mm -hmm. And that, and in ours, and the way we teach it, it's also based in, um, or our, our great work is in basing it in also masculine and feminine polarity, because polarity creates passion in a relationship. Right. Yes. So now you have a sense of place, mm -hmm. you have your position, and you have your your passion based on polarity. Right. That Lots of peace. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of peace there. But it really does work. And I, and I kind of wanted to spend a little bit of time talking yeah. about that. Mm -hmm. um, for those of you who are new to our work, so you can get an idea of what we mean when we say positional awareness based on masculine, right. yeah. feminine polarity, yeah. which yeah. may not seem as obvious to everyone else as it is to us. <laughs> now, one of the things that we have discovered when we um, when we uncover these truths and we share them with people for the first time, um, typically what happens in, in many cases is that you get a case of the powerful yeah buts, right? Mm -hmm. And those powerful yeah, but. yeah buts is when you have, you know, that little bit of resistance that comes up and says, well, yeah, I know I see you guys and you're all happy and everything, but I don't know how this positional stuff 
um, is going to work, you know, based on masculine feminine polarity. How is that going to work for me? Keep my relationship from becoming toxic. Keep my needs. Keep make me sure my from needs being are taken mad. advantage of. Make me happy. Make me happy. How does that happen? And it is true that we are ecstatically happy, and it is true we have a conscious relationship. But you know what was even more true than that is that the best way to relationship success is to model what works, what, right. what is proven time-tested <laughs> relationship constructs that go beyond culture, societal norms, mm -hmm. and any sort of political agendas. Yeah, see, in, in, in the business world, we call that swiping what's working, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, you know, that modeling of relationships has been historically throughout the, the history of humanity has been how we did it, mm -hmm. you know? And so that is the truth. And so you can, you can trust in that, you know, time-tested relationship constructs. These things go beyond culture. They're all over the globe right so that's why that works mm -hmm. so number that and that's why it turns it from gruel from mad from mm -hmm. oh let's decide to crimble yeah understanding what your place is <laughs> is critical to having that that really juicy delicious relationship so secret number two is how to discover hidden jewels in your current and former relationship pain and i don't know anyone who's never i think i've only met like maybe one person in mm -hmm. all my years of living who said i've never experienced hurt or pain in a relationship. <laughs> like I, I don't know anyone who does their story really. So you might you might be thinking, and this is really true of the, for those of us in, who you know our path is one of consciousness, evolution, enlightenment, mm -hmm. and things of that nature. Um, we like to do our work, right? right yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. So you might be thinking that you're too broken, or I need to do more self work, or you know things of that nature. So let me tell you a quick story. Mm -hmm. This is my story and I call it the myth. I had trust issues, trust, serious trust issues. Mm -hmm. um, my mother was married, it said it's eight times, but actually I counted after I made this live, it's actually nine. Um, my father was not present in the home as I was growing up. In fact, we only recently began to have a relationship. Um, my ex-husband was unfaithful to me multiple times. Um, and I had only been divorced for a short period of time when we met. Mm -hmm. So I had, and, and while I had done a lot of internal work on myself, I realized, and this is really the important thing, is that I realized that there are things that I would not be able to do without another person. In other words, your, your, your self-work, your work on yourself by yourself can only mm -hmm. go so far right, because yeah. there are certain lessons that you don't learn until you're in a relationship. There are certain lessons that you think you've learned that mm -hmm. you don't really know that you've learned right. <laughs> until you get with another person. Yeah, you know, yeah. you think, oh, I'm so understanding and I'm so calm and rational. And then that other person comes and they do something that hurts well, you think, and then I you think, see if that's true or not. I think that's 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 one of the hallmarks of that of that um that twin flame and that conscious relationship, right? Is that not only is this person going to make you ecstatically happy in a lot of wonderful ways, but they're also going to rub against you in the areas that most need polishing, mm -hmm. as Rumi would say. Yes. So, so they're ideally suited for that. So you have to look out and, and be conscious of that as well, right? right. So not all, you know, epiphanies and glorious sunshine, <laughs> you know, some of that. I, that's what I was hoping for. But <laughs> it is, it actually, it is now. But, right, you know, yeah. at the beginning, especially, you know, there was a lot of, wow, okay, we have to learn how to fit together. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that I needed to be perfect or totally fixed, you need to be completely done with your work mm -hmm. in order to be worthy or eligible for a relationship is simply, simply not, it's just not true. true. 
So you might be thinking. <laughs> Another case of the yeah buts, You got right? the yeah buts. <laughs> You don't know me, right? You right. don't. You I look. I'm a piece of work, right? I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not whole enough, healed enough, worthy of a relationship, um, trusting enough, right? Still mm -hmm. have trust issues. Mm -hmm. Maybe have a lot of scars from that previous relationship. You know. And here's the secret. Um, we have a saying that you know it's a gift in everything. Every single thing. And all of your past and present relationship pain is actually a hidden gift. It adds value and benefit to who you are and what you offer to the relationship. You just need to know how to access it. Right. You know? So like in my situation, I was like, oh, I have trust issues. I have a challenge with Then I changed that and said, okay, I'm, I'm trust challenged. I just <laughs> I have <laughs> an interesting relationship with trust. And at some point I realized, you know, in the course of delving into that, um, you actually said, you know, trust is a choice. You said, yeah. I'm trustworthy. When you trust me is up to you. Right. And it, was a revelation that I would not have had if I hadn't had the trust issues to begin with, mm -hmm. which was that, you mean I can choose? I choose what I trust? I thought trust was just something that kind of like came up on me. Right. You yeah. know, and so yeah. it was and the first somebody time. Somebody has to make you trust makes them me, yeah, right. and prove it was deeply, how they can tr be trusted. Right. Yeah. And it was deeply empowering. It was like, oh, wait a minute. It's in me. I decide. Mm -hmm. I can choose. I don't have to be held hostage. So that's an example of that past pain actually being a hidden gift because now people actually ask me, you know, how are you so trusting? That's just amazing. I can never. And I'm like, oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> you can absolutely do that. So secret number three, and this is the big one. Everybody always wants to know this. How to know that they are the one for you. Yeah, we get this question probably more than any other. Um, and you may be thinking, I don't know how to know that they're the one or how to tell if they're the wrong one. You know? <laughs> so let's unpack, let's unpack that a little bit. Um, my parents have married for over 30 years, you know, but in the, initially when I was young, when I was a young kid, my dad struggled with alcoholism and eventually he had a spiritual epiphany and that changed his, the whole trajectory of his life. And so my mom stayed with him throughout that process you know in the really really bad times mm -hmm. and then also in the really really wonderful times yes. and so you look at that and and i think the prevailing wisdom now would be when things get rocky you need to get rid of that especially if he's an alcoholic right. yeah, yeah. Left a long time. but no no but you know my mom you know she would tell anybody who asked and she did a lot of teaching about relationships as well and she said that you know my dad was the one for her, the only man she had ever been with and the only man she was ever going to be with. And so she stayed the course yeah. and they actually were the one for each other. Right. And, and, you know, my mother, while she's had so many relationships, I really appreciate about her that she keeps trying, she's willing to keep trying, mm -hmm. you know, cause I know a lot of people would be like, Oh, I've been married twice. I'm never going to get married again or something like that. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> but the yeah. interesting thing is that all of the men that she has had relationships or most of them, are now in long-term happy marriages now, even though they couldn't make it work with her, right? Mm -hmm. So the telescope here, and we say the telescope because we always say that sometimes people are looking through the wrong end of right. the telescope. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of times we're looking and saying, are they the one? But really what we wanna look at and say, am I the one? Mm -hmm. Because I have to be the one in order for things to work right. out. And sometimes that's a little bit of an ouch to try to turn yeah. that around and be yeah. like, it's me. Right. Right. <laughs> hey, look at me. Right, because all of the prevailing wisdom, right? I'm telling you, you need to find out who, figure out who they are and how they are the one. 
but really it's about you. Right. You don't have to be Sherlock Holmes, right? No. no. <laughs> so you might be thinking, I don't know how to trust myself mm -hmm. or forgive my ex, or maybe even forgive my current partner. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to stop being attracted to other people or fantasizing about being with someone else. And you'd be surprised at how often that comes up for men and women. And women, yeah. Um, I don't know how to get out of my fantasy. Right. But, you know, the reality is this. Even when people end up broken up, a lot of times in marriages, a lot of people reconcile at least once, mm -hmm. right? Even if they separate. But there's one consistent factor that matters, and that's forgiveness and gratitude. Right. How you see your partner is the biggest causative factor to success or failure. Not education, not money, and not even attraction. So, you know, what you want to know is, and what you really want to pay attention to is it's easy to identify whether a person is the one and it all has it has to, to do, do. Yeah. It's gotta be about forgiveness. It's always about forgiveness yeah. and forgiveness is what makes them the one. Yeah. You know, concern that they are not the one is based upon lack and judgment mm -hmm. and fear and fear. So those are our three secrets that we wanted to share with you. Mm -hmm. Um, and the thing about it is, if this has been really enjoyable to you, if you've really, if this has even begun, just if you got one little bit, one little morsel to chew right. on, yeah. you know, you can find out so much more about what we do, about uh, what we offer. We have the School of Alchemy. You can see it at the bottom of your screen, schoolofalchemy.love. The School of Alchemy is a space where it's actually comprised of three schools. Yeah right which is the uh business school the mm -hmm. mystery school and um and also the life alchemy in the life school. alchemy school yeah and so when you go into there you get these three different schools you get mm -hmm. an opportunity to explore them you get an opportunity there's lessons and teachings in all three of them uh and and it's all under that school of alchemy so so in the life alchemy school is where you would find a lot of the lessons about relationships and about how to connect deeply to your partner. Um, also in the mystery school, what we like to do is we like to take the mysteries. Now in the mystery school, we go into, you know, these kind of esoteric, deeper metaphysics um, practices and processes. Mm -hmm. And then what we like to do is actually show you how to apply them to your business in the Biz Alchemy School, and then to your life, including your relationships in the Life, in the Alchemy, life Alchemy School, school right. as well as, a part not a it's under the umbrella of the school of alchemy but it's separate at the same time is the school of feminine transformation mm -hmm. and in the school of feminine transformation we actually have a wife school that goes into all of the different components of how to create a relationship how to be um the position of a wife which is kind of unheard of like it's a, it's a position and but i think that <laughs> i think that looking at it as a position actually elevates it mm -hmm. instead of just seeing it as something that you know well i got with this person and we walked down the aisle at one point so now you know i guess that's what i we're am here and we're doing it right? right you know looking at it and saying okay what's here for me and, and what do i offer to it is wonderful and so that's in the school of feminine transformation which you can also find on school of alchemy dot love so thank you guys so much for your time i hope that this has really helped you all so much mm -hmm. and we'll talk to you next time that was an amazing presentation thank you so much um yeah i learned a couple of things today and some of the resonated so well i really appreciate you how do you um i love what you guys brought into the conversation because i believe this is the first time i really um hear about positional awareness and 
I love what you said about creating a sense of place in your relationship. And I know that you talk a little bit about it. Um, my question is, in, we're living in times where um, we have the feminine and the masculine, but also we have in experiences where we feel like we are both at once and like we are the whole aspect of, of uh, uh, the whole aspect of the energy is like, um, and even the sexes and the polyamorous and LGTB communities and transsexuals and uh, pansexuals and all these other different, uh, even binaries and all the different um, ways of experiencing sexuality mm -hmm. is a very, um, it's becoming, you know, new now. It's like it's, it's this form that is creating and it's, it's like exploring and, you know, now it feels like being the feminine, the masculine is, is a beautiful energy, but also it's like, it's it's kind of like, in my belief, it's like from what I'm seeing, it's kind of like being something from the past that is like, um, that is still being talked about and still people have no idea how to, but it's this new age of of this blending in somebody's, um, somebody's life experience or sexual experience because we can feel both and we can sense both and at one point it feels like one uh, i don't know that's my experience where i can feel the energy so close and so but it's like this like one tiny little degree um different because i'm still human right i'm still there <laughs> so i can feel the energy and when when you have um we have in the audience um people who are in different type of relationship uh and the gay community lesbians uh, all of it and the lgtb community when it comes to the positional awareness you know creating that sense of place in your relationship what do you have to say a little more in depth with in this mm -hmm. well i think that um from a standpoint of positional awareness it is you know, uh, diving deep. There has there's so much to offer in terms of how we show up mm -hmm. for each other. And I think that when I am fully invested in my masculine in my masculinity, that allows that creative tension between us to flourish mm -hmm. because I don't feel like I have to do it all. Right. I, like I tell a lot of folks that when I'm when I want to get in touch with my feminine, I just reach over here and I. I touch Namaste because she is she occupies that feminine pole yeah. and that's delicious and that's juicy to mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And so it feels good to be different. Mm, to be dif different from each different other. Different and distinct right. and have um, different ways of looking at the world, have different ways of mm -hmm. of occupying, different ways of showing up. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's delicious and that and that's juicy and that, mm -hmm. that contrast mm -hmm. I think is everything. Right. Yeah, and what we found is because in our schools we have people of many different um, sexual orientations mm -hmm. and even gender identities. We have trans people, we have um, we have gay people and lesbians, and we and polyamorous people and non-polyamorous people. So we have all kinds. Have a broad spectrum. Broad yeah. spectrum. Yeah. And everybody finds something that they need there because that positional awareness is a human characteristic. It's not a, a heterosexual monogamous characteristic mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um and but i think that you know sometimes there's a, a tendency to want to throw out the baby with the bath water mm -hmm. and so because we have the freedom 
to say, I can be everything. I'm every woman. It's all in me. I can do everything. I can be everything. Um, once you have that freedom, then the next question is, now what is the most beneficial for me? What's mm -hmm. going to allow me to be who I desire to be in a way that is non-depleting, in a way that can honor others, and in a way that actually creates more appreciation? Mm -hmm. And that doesn't usually happen from a monoculture. It happens through a, a more diverse uh, 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 stance because by Richard being masculine, it means that he's doing things in the relationship that I'm not doing. That increases my level of respect and appreciation for him because he's doing what I'm not doing mm -hmm. and vice versa. And so I get to just relax a lot more, you know, and, and that's why we started teaching it is because people would say, well, you are so relaxed and he's mm -hmm. so content. And why is that? And when we started teaching it to people, even people who were initially like, I don't, I don't know. know like that. some of our students were very like, I don't know about that. <laughs> but but they wanted, they were like, I need something. And so they started right. doing it and they were shocked. Like, oh my goodness, this does make a huge difference. And I'm like, yeah, because you don't have to do it all. And, and to prove that you're powerful, you know, right. you can just yeah. kind of say, all right, this is my position. So if someone said, well, I'm not into the masculine feminine thing, I'm more gender neutral, then I would say, okay, well, you still in your relationship want to identify your positions. What is your position in the relationship and what is your partner's position in the relationship? Because that positional distinction creates the tension and that tension is what keeps the relationship going. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Great. Um, I love this. I love your presentation, by the way. It was just fun, interactive, entertaining. Uh, I love it. It was awesome. Uh, when we come to... Um, uh, the, the last part that you said, um, I wanted you to repeat, I will desire for you to repeat the question that you asked about what is the most beneficial for me mm -hmm. to be in the relationship that I don't feel depleted? If, that's, if I get that right, that's the question. Yeah, you get, because when I know what is, what is the most beneficial thing, so what is it that I can offer to the relationship that's going to meet the needs of my partner that's also feels really good to me because both of those things matter mm -hmm. and what is it that my partner is offering to the relationship and you need to ask them not assume you know what is it that you want to bring to the relationship um that feels good to you and also is an offering to me by that being different between what he's bringing and what i'm bringing that gives me a place to appreciate him Whereas with a lot of couples and a lot of relationships, what happens is competition right. and you only are competing because you're mm -hmm. doing the same thing. So who does the dishes the best? Mm -hmm. Who does the, you know, who does the finances the best? So it becomes this kind of, well, I'm better at it. And mm -hmm. you don't want that in your dynamic, but if we're doing different things, there's no place to compete. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, you know, if I'm the person in some relationships, it might be the feminine who cooks. In other relationships, it might be the masculine who cooks. There's there's precedence for both. Mm -hmm. But there's no like, well, who's the better chef? You know, <laughs> it's right, more like right. who enjoys it more. And then the other person may say, okay, well, you know, <laughs> I'll do the cleanup or I'll do the organization, but it's not a constant negotiation. I think negotiations should be left in the corporate boardroom because in a lot of negotiations and in a lot of compromise, the focus is on somebody's not going to get what they want. Right, yeah. And in yeah. positional awareness, it's we're highlighting what it is that we love as opposed to focusing on what we don't have. Mm -hmm. And one of the things you said I think really jumps out to me is that 
both parties are looking from the standpoint of what can I give? What can I give? As opposed to a lot of relationship models, the, the admonition is protect yourselves at all times, like you're in a boxing match. You know? <laughs> Keep your arms up, protect yourselves at all times, right. and also look out for what you can, what you're being offered. What right. can I get? What can I get? Yeah. What are yeah. they offering? But if you're approaching it from the standpoint of what can I give, then, and you have that mutual respect, then that also, you know, passes through your desire and all those other yummy things can flourish because now you're being celebrated instead of seeing, you know, having playing this chess game where each person is trying to look out for their own self-interest. Or being told to be like the other person. Be more right. like me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I love in this conversation because this is important. It's about conscious relationship and really how to create conscious awareness and the and build a great foundation for to to really be happy after, <laughs> uh, right? So I love the aspect that you mentioned. The aspect of like, don't go with the aspect of uh, of with the plan of negotiating because always in negotiation, always something is gonna lose or not get what they want or desire. Like you yeah. said, is that that was a great point in there. Um, so from what I'm hearing and I think I'm hearing is clearly is that coming to the table uh, to share what it is that you really desire and love to do in a relationship, what is really that you're really eager and driven for and excited to share and to offer in the relationship uh, and, and, and have uh, the boat, right? The couple or the threesome or how many they desire to be <laughs> to see uh, what it is that they bring it into the table. Um, so that sounds delicious. So what if, you know, what everybody's bringing to the table is yumminess and deliciousness and all this stuff and it's all like beautiful and, and, and some, you know, a part of so many things that I need to be done or achieve or um, I don't like to use those words, but anyway, I'm using them, uh, that they need to be, you know, like daily life, like washing the dishes and doing the clothes and paying the bills and, you know, doing the, the lawn outside and all those daily tasks that sometimes uh, can get couples into that that bitter and resentment and that anger and those feelings that this doesn't feel good. So, so what if those things are not part of the uh, of the the sharing and the offering? It is not on the table. So who's gonna do them? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, well, they are. But I mean, as the way we teach it is mm -hmm. that that is an intrinsic part of going through and seeing what the positional awareness is. Mm -hmm. It's actually what we teach it as is a system, and it's the positional awareness integrated relationship system. It's the pair system. And so what you're doing is you're saying, okay, now. You're going to look at the various areas of your life. And that's going to be different for each person. Some people will be in a, um, a monogamous primary relationship, right? And other people may be in a secondary relationship, a polyamorous secondary relationship or tertiary relationship or something different. Um, but you're going to look at the areas of intersection between you and this person. Where do our lives share right. that is impacted by our relationship? And you're going to look at the whole of that and then break it down. So let's say we look at, um, the house, the running of the household, since that's what you brought up, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to look at the distinction between who's going to have authority over what. Mm -hmm. That person who has authority is the person who is the decision maker. 
about what's going to happen because that's the person that has authority in that area. The other people in the relationship or person in the relationship is the supporter of that area. So it's never like, that's your thing. Don't, I don't want to be bothered with it. It's you're making, you're the authority. I offer the support. I mm -hmm. offer the counsel. I offer the, what I see or the noticing or what have you. The person who is authority, depending on how many people you have in your relationship, may delegate responsibility to another person. Exactly. So yeah. they may say, yes, I'm in charge of, you know, making sure that the house, for instance, outside of the house, all of the outside maintenance, the gardening and all of that stuff, I'm, I'm my authority is in there and deciding what's going to go on mm -hmm. and what needs to happen. However, maybe this person is in a relationship and they've got Jane and Bruce, they might say, okay, well, but Bruce, I'm going to need you to do so-and-so and Jane, I would like it if you do so-and-so. And so there's a, there's an interconnectedness there, but the authority always remains with the person who is given that authority. So mm -hmm. everybody knows who's in the position there, as opposed to what happens in most relationships, which is somebody starts doing it. Somebody starts doing it and, and they're resentful right. or and why does anybody ever help me or right. nobody does it because it's nobody's responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so then it just doesn't get done. And then everybody's irritated. You, right. you decide who's going to be the person. And you may say, you know, let's try it. Nobody really wants to do this task, um, but we're going to give this person, you know, six months to do it. And then we'll come and re, re, yeah, revisit it, revisit yeah. it and see how we'll it's working it. and how it's going and see if we need to change. So nothing is, is set in stone, mm -hmm. but it is a, you need to know that the, the universe is is functions under the guise of organization and formation and we need that within our relationships too we need to know where's my where am i doing what mm -hmm. am i supposed to be doing oh okay bruce is in charge of that so i don't have to worry about that and i can give bruce appreciation for doing that mm -hmm. so authority uh so who in the relationship is in the authority of a specific area of of the life of the relationship, or the finances, house, children, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. What if there's um, the in the couple show? Let's talk about couple. Uh, both of them are in this. They feel that they are in the same authority for a specific um, aspect of life. Like let's say the house. Like both of them, both of us feel like no, I'm the authority in this area. <laughs> no, I'm the authority in this area. No, I am the authority in this area. <laughs> Well, going out. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good that's a good question. That's a very good question. And I think that one of the things that we, we talk about in our system is having the values discussion, you know, where we actually talk about the things that what what are our values? What do we value? And many times we assume that we know someone else's values because we just put good. You know, you have good values? Well, sure, yeah. I've got good values and so do you, mm -hmm. we both have good values. But we actually have a process where you can go through and identify what your values are mm -hmm. and then come together and actually be able to look at those and dig into those. And so that helps a lot in terms of identifying who's gonna do what and, mm -hmm. and how that's gonna be structured because while we may have expertise in something, right? Like for instance, in my background is in interior design and but namaste is an artist and so we could actually look at it and say well wait a minute you know we, we both have we, something we here, both have right? something to offer with respect to this but in terms of our respective values right one of my values is you know um say i have a value that says you know i like to see beautiful things i mean i necessarily want to do it right. but i like to really 
really see it, right? right. I have an appreciation, appreciation for beauty, beauty right? right? And then what if he has that as a really strong value, right. you know, that things be beautiful. Right. So even though we have skill similar. sets, mm -hmm. similar skill sets, I would look at that and say, you know what? No, you're the authority in terms of what is what is beautiful. Right. I have my values and appreciation for that. So <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> I you. I appreciate you. And, yeah. Right. So what we teach, what we tell people to do, and how we teach them how to do it is there is there's a conflict. We start unpacking that as mm -hmm. to why it's a conflict. Yeah. Usually, when two people both say, "I want to be an authority," it's usually because one or both of them is for it has a fear mm -hmm. of not getting their needs met, of not being valued. You know, sometimes it comes from our jobs. Like if I wasn't the boss and somebody was mean to me or something like right, that, so they yeah. want to, you know, I need to be in charge of it. And mm -hmm. when you really look at it and you say, okay, do you enjoy all the things that comes with being in charge of that? Mm -hmm. Do you enjoy having all the weight on you of that? Does, mm -hmm. it, does it light you up? A lot of times they'll back up and they're like, well, actually, no. <laughs> I don't. I don't really like so that at all. Not, not getting yeah, you know, that. and then they're like, I'm like, you're not talking about someone that you don't know being an authority. You're talking about this person that you love that you're life with mm -hmm. being the final word. That doesn't mean that you don't have a say. It doesn't mean that you can't express how you feel and that they don't care about how you feel. It's just a question of for ease of communication and for, you know, ease of the relationship flowing, yeah. you know who's in you know who's in charge. And every single time, I mean, so far, I mean, we, we've worked with like hundreds of couples. Mm -hmm. Everybody's always can figure it out. Like, okay, yeah, this is, I've been in authority there and I really didn't like it. And then the other partner's like, you didn't? I thought you wanted that, you know? <laughs> and, so, and so usually you have these aha moments where people are like, can't wait to let go of stuff that they didn't, they mm -hmm. were doing, but they really didn't love. Right, it wasn't surfaced to the area of consciousness. Right. So you could actually have a discussion about it. We just came into the relationship with a host of assumptions and a host of pre-programs mm -hmm. that were running. And so then we end up doing things that we don't like to do right. and then we feel put upon and then eventually mm -hmm. that solidifies into resentment. And mm -hmm. now, you know, we got a low grade attitude. And it's like, well, what's wrong <laughs> with you? Well, nothing. It's like, well, I thought you liked that. Well, we never talked about it. And it's like, well, not well, it's been years right. and we haven't talked about it. But in our system, what we teach people is how to surface those things in a gentle way and how to have those discussions and not take the things personally mm -hmm. and how to recognize that it's never me against you it's always me and you against the, the issue problem. or the mm -hmm. problem mm -hmm. and that changes everything when we start to really examine it it really does i'm loving this conversation i know that we can have multiple of this <laughs> um so and from what I'm understanding better, and I'm like loving it, is the positional awareness come from a place of the aspect of feeling the joy and the juiciness of being, you know, of what can I give in the relationship? Coming from that place mostly, like coming like, what can I offer? But at the same time, honoring Mm -hmm. ourselves where is well it has to feel good it has to feel orgasmic delicious for me to be in that position as a giver and at the same time it's beneficial so what it is that even though that I'm giving I'm coming and I'm doing things being and giving from a place of like being unconditional and just oh that unconditional giver honoring 
honoring my bandage too at the same time honoring myself and my self-love and what feels good to me mm-hmm. um, and from this place I love uh, Richard that you talk into the aspect of values because it's something that I also uh, share with uh, with my clients is that because if we don't know our values we have like a chaos of our life because it's just just it just seems like we're going everywhere in different directions and we are not really focused so i love that you brought that so when we merge in it's like this delicious orgasmic cocktail pretty much (laughs) of you know being the conscious giver and you know the conscious be benefit you know beneficial for me and that feels good and delicious and coming from a place of my values Mm -hmm. uh yeah, it sounds like it sounds a practical, and it sounds like very. Um, yeah, it sounds good. It feels good. It feels good. I think you, think you, thank you so much for that. Um, so yes, and the last thing I wanted to remark also here is put a postmark here is when you said about trust is a choice, mm-hmm. and I love you said that you guys mentioned that, and I totally I resonate with it so much in my experience I believe that um, we are in our power to really trust and it coming from inside out and, and it's a choice it's, it's totally a choice so I really thank you for pointing out if there's something else that you want to share about trust the choice that it could be beneficial for our audience today yeah. before we wrap it up I think that you know, I know for, in my experience, recognizing that I could choose to trust, like I was saying, it was so, it was a rush. It was, it was like, I had like boop, 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 all of these moments of clarity all of a sudden that I didn't realize that I, it was in me, that I could choose that. Mm-hmm. And it, it gave me the freedom to decide trust or no trust or no, but recognizing that it's up to me. And that's a very powerful place versus feeling like I'm waiting for other people to do something or to not do something to disappoint me. Mm -hmm. Because of that, the most amazing thing has happened as an outgrowth because it didn't just extend to our relationship with each other. It extended, it began to extend to everyone. So even when someone does something and I go, "Mm," you know, I really didn't expect that them to do that. I never really see it as a trust thing. It becomes mm-hmm. just an issue of they did something I did not expect. And what do I want to do in response to that? And 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 that deep inner trust has not moved. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of people are struggling with trusting themselves because they see trust like that. But once you really internalize it as a choice, you always trust yourself. Even if you end up in a in a with a less than desirable right. outcome, Absolutely. it doesn't yeah. mean that you don't trust yourself. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, I didn't really expect that. That's not really what I wanted. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, what am I going to do next? As opposed to mm-hmm. that happened, so therefore something must be bad, something must be wrong, you know, and, and becoming like this negative cycle. So yeah. so trust is such a huge, mm-hmm. that self-trust and that knowing of choice, the trust choice paradigm is such yeah. a huge thing. Yeah, we have, we've, we've grown up with this notion that the worst thing possible is for us to be wrong about anything. <laughs> and so many times we're always in that doorway where we don't know what to do or what not to do because we're so afraid of being, you know, less desirable outcomes. You know, I, I put my trust in it and then it, what I desired didn't happen. And so what we encourage people to look at their lives and say, what if you couldn't get this wrong? 
What if every decision you made had something to offer to you, no matter what the outcome was? If you look at that, then you relieve a lot of pressure off of yourself and you can actually explore the freedom mm -hmm. to trust because many times when folks are having that internal angst and that headache, it's because they haven't made a decision one way or the other. Right. You know, they're just, right. all, they're just standing right in the doorway, either coming in or going out. <laughs> now, you know, when you were a kid, your mom said, that's not cool. You, know <laughs> you got to either go outside or come in. You can't just stand in the doorway. And so I think it is with trust. It's like once we get to a point where we can trust ourselves yeah. and recognize that, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Life is for the living. Yes, we can do that. We can trust. And when you desire that and when you want that and when you're looking for good outcomes, the universe tends to respond with what we desire what most. We desire, yeah. And so that is, so trust, it becomes its own self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes, it does. The more you do it, the easier it is yes. and the better it happens. And the more you do it, then the easier it is and the better outcomes you have and so on. And, and trust is not just, um, this topic of trust is not just for conscious relationship. I have experienced in my life, uh, especially lately, that trust is the biggest, um, I feel like one of the biggest virtual values or, or energies that I'm tapping myself into it, that the more I trust myself, uh, that I'm supported in, the, in this infinite uh, universe, uh, the more I'm feeling it, the more miracles really happening in my life, the more manifestation, like attracting amazing speakers to the summer, just one of them, yeah. you know, that they just come. And and also, what I like to share with, with my clients is in the aspect of trust is, is when I come from a place of being safe, you know, be feeling safe within myself, because I have some people like me, well, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And I'm like, I don't even say yes or no many times. I just said, I feel safe within myself. I feel safe in my body. My body feels safe. I check in. My body feels good. And my body feels good. It's because I have created also gray boundaries to be able to uh, choose as I, you know, if I welcome something or I don't welcome something. So I'm in my power of choosing, but I'm coming from a place of, of feeling safe. So trust and safety, I believe that they are like mm -hmm. coming together and uh, they come from the place. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So this has been amazing and I'm just be enjoying every minute of it. So we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, I would like um, for you guys to share, where can we find you? How can people uh, reach out to you? Um, and what will be your, your final message to them? Um, well, you can reach us at richardandnamaste.com. Yes. And also at theschoolofalchemy.love yes. is where the School of Alchemy resides yes and we're available on social media everywhere we mm -hmm. have we're on instagram we're on youtube we're on facebook <laughs> if there is a social media thing we're on it mm -hmm. and we're easy to find if you just look up richard and namaste or namaste more you will find us yeah we're the yeah. only ones so <laughs> so we're easy we're super easy to find. yeah so what would i as a, as a closing thing i think um you know you can't possibly screw this up mm. you know even though everybody tells you you can and everybody says that you're ineligible for future happiness and you're ineligible for this you're ineligible for that 
all that is garbage. You actually have great things and great things on the other side of your fear. Like fear is what keeps you from having the life that you want, the relationship that you want, um, the prosperity that you want in your life, being conscious in all these areas. So if we can take the steps, the baby steps in many cases, to eradicate the fear, what mm -hmm. we find is on the other side is the mm -hmm. life that we've always desired. Thank you so, thank you, thank you so much. Oh, great. So I appreciate you, our amazing audience, for watching today's episodes. And I will see you next time. Have a great day, everyone.